Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, thanks for your company. If you buy a ticket to a sporting event, does it give you the right to do, to act, to say whatever you want? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. The Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is there for you. Look, one of the world's best, one of the world's most recognisable athletes think that it does give you that right. Uh, but for the first time, I'm in disagreeance with Novak Djokovic. A very good morning. Ben Davis with you for summer breakfast, filling in for Patton Heels. They are back bright and early on a Monday for 2024. Uh, we are doing it this morning, all thanks to MFP Easy, voted Queensland's best fiberglass pool builder, mfpeasy.com.au, where reputation talks uh, coming to you live from SENQ HQ here in the Valley. But whether you're listening on air, 693am, 1620 on the Gold Coast, online or on your phone, that number is the same. To be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation this morning, fan behaviour, fantastic debuts, and freaking around with the rules. We have tennis, cricket, rugby league. This morning we'll hear from Brad Hodge on the first test in Adelaide, but also the BBL finals tomorrow night at Carrara. Uh, Brett Phillips will swing by from Melbourne Park. What a night and day it was there for Aussies. And Jimmy Pearson, captain last year of the Brisbane Heat. Uh, he's only played the one game and now he is Fair in the middle of finals contention. Could he be the key of getting Brisbane to host the Big Bash final? All coming up over the next two hours before I take you back to Adelaide and day two of the second test against the Windies. Uh, It's great work from Cricket Australia to actually allow Matt Renshaw to be released from the Australian test team or Australian test squad to come back and play that Big Bash final. Outstanding stuff. Um, Could he be the difference? I reckon he. I reckon he's going to add some value. He's had a quietish summer in Big Bash, but remember last year that ramp shot he played on the last ball to get the heat home. Yeah, Matt Renshaw can uh, pull out an innings when needed. Maybe he'll be the difference against the Sixers uh, tomorrow night. I tell you what, he did do yesterday though on his way back to Britain. He he missed one of the all-time greats Test debuts. So you get what you ask for. Perhaps under Rayson. Your man is with the ball in hand. <laughs> yeah, exciting moment for for Shama Joseph. Incredible story of a man who grows up in a village, really back of beyond. Leaves his village because one day he's, his family's into the logging business. That's the only thing you can do in Barakara where he comes from. And he sees his life flash before his eyes and he says, no, I need to do something better in life. 
moves to the closest big town. Here he is making his test debut two years later. And he's bowling to Steve Smith of all people. And he aborts his run in. <laughs> and the way he batted, you just get the feel he'll take a wicket tonight. He had so much confidence when he batted. You can't see he'll be anything but confident with the ball. Yeah, That's correct. his craft. Correct. And am I right in saying he was identified by Kirtley Ambrose? Yes, he at was. At a fast bowling yep, camp? Yep, Wow. It's amazing, yeah. And Kirtley Ambrose has stayed in touch with him ever since. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, if you're a kid and Kirtley says you can bowl, then you believe in yourself. In he comes to Steve Smith. Edge! Oh! It's no way! He's out first. Ball is bowled. Unbelievable. Gets a wicket. With the first delivery, he's bowled to Steve Smith, one of the greats <laughs> of all time. You can't write the script like that, surely. What about announcing yourself to the world of Test cricket? Your very first ball, you get the great Steve Smith out, and it was an absolute beauty. Oh. He sparted it, got the outside edge, and it was a good catch taken by third slip. I'm not sure who that was at third. Was it McKenzie? She had to get low. I didn't think it was going to carry. I think that's oh, Justin yes. Graves, oh, Graves in third slip. I mean, talk about fairy tales coming true. Ah, yes. Talk about fairy tales coming true indeed. As we plan and wait and hope for the $100 million Powerball tonight, yesterday Shamar Joseph showed that dreams do come true. 24 years of age, the Windy's paceman almost plucked from obscurity 12 months ago. He had, well, just his first taste of first-class cricket. And now they're comparing him to the GOAT. Nathan Lyon taking a wicket with his first ball in test match cricket, coming in with only a handful, and and I say a handful of first-class games under his belt, identified by Kirtley Ambrose, fair judge, as someone who should be doing this as a profession. Uh, His story will go down in history. It's an amazing one too. We'll discuss that uh, as the morning winds on. But Shamar Joseph, and not only that, I mean, he's come out in his test debut to bat first, Batting at number 11, 36. So he comes in after his side has lost six for 35. They're on their knees at nine for 133. And then he puts on a 55-run 10th wicket stand, a record 10th wicket stand, amazing stuff. 66 batting at 11 and then a space of, what, two or three overs. He gets out two of the best batsmen we've seen on the planet in the last five years, and Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne. Uh, uh, Shamar Joseph, uh, a story that uh, will be told not only here, but around the cricketing world that is absolutely sensational to see. And it's and it's stuff like that, as a fan, you go, yep, the theatre of sport. Jesus can throw up some great stuff. We're all there sitting waiting for Steve Smith and his debut as test opener. But he was overshadowed by this kid. Outstanding stuff. Uh, Australia, two for 59 in reply to the Windies, 188. Uzi unbeaten on 30. Cameron Green unbeaten on six. As I said, our coverage from Adelaide Oval from 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, Pat Cummins, too. What about him with the new ball? He's outstanding, the Australian captain, isn't he? He's hard to fault. Um, For the first time in almost a century, uh, he is – or he's got figures, I should say – uh, that are up there for the first time in nearly a century as far as an Australian bowler is concerned. The wickets he's picked up, 36 wickets at an average of 11 over this summer. It's amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. You'd have to go back through the history books. You get into the Bradman era uh, of when someone has uh, done that. Uh, Mitchell Johnson, remember that 
tearaway spell that he had against the Poms and the Ashes. What was that, 2013, 2014? Um, he was averaging around 13 at that point. Pat Cummins has come in and, mind you, uh, Pakistan and the Windies, probably not the greatest of opponents, but still you can only play what's in front of you. Speaking of which, the Australian Open, Aussies mixed day for them. There were six in action yesterday, only two made it through. The Demon and Storm Hunter. Storm Hunter. Storm Hunter. How good a name is Storm Hunter? It's one of the strongest in sport, isn't it? Storm Hunter. Uh, she's through flying the flag for the Aussies in the third round. So is the Demon Storm Hunter. What other names? And I'm, I'm fixated on this, aren't I? Um, she's a. Give me some other names. Other names that are up there in not just Australian sport, world sport. Mm, Storm Hunter. I'm going to put my thinking cap on. Fixated on it, aren't I? Uh, but look, all the talk coming out of the Australian Open yesterday did involve uh, another Aussie, sadly, on the losing side, Alexei Popperin. He was taking on Novak Djokovic and took it up to him too. First Aussie to take a set off Novak in the best part of a decade at Melbourne Park. But then it's what happened midway through the match with a fan in the stands at Rod Laver Arena giving Novak a mouthful. It ended up changing the game because Novak called him out. He said, come on, mate, come down here and say that to my face. Obviously, the fan didn't, but did it did it affect the joke? Well, it actually affected him in a positive way because after the incident, uh, the world number one went on to win 10 of the next 12 points, taking a match ceiling 5-2 lead in the fourth set. Uh, did it rattle him? How did it affect him? Did it lift him? Novak Djokovic post-match. Well, it does. I mean, look, I mean, I'm not going to sit and say, no, it's it's all good. It's not good. I mean, of course, it upsets me. I'm frustrated and, and you know, I don't want to be experiencing that, but I have to uh, accept it as it is. And sometimes I don't tolerate uh, when somebody crosses the line, you know. And that's it. That's what happened. Um, you know, people have a few, few drinks, I guess, late at night as well. That's That probably is, uh, also has an effect on how they feel and behave. Um, and that's okay. You know, people pay tickets to come and watch us. They want to see the show. They want to have fun. They're all allowed to do that. There, there's no issue. I mean, I, in terms of whether I, I didn't, I never asked anyone to, to leave the stadium. I never asked the chair umpire to take somebody out. I, I, I wouldn't do that because, you know, he paid his ticket and he, he has the right to be there and say what he wants to say and behave how he wants to behave. But if somebody crosses the line, then I'm going to take it to him, and as I did to this guy, and just yeah, ask him if he wants to come closer and tell me what he wants to tell me. You know, offend me, insult me, you know, as he did. So that that's that's all it is. You know, he he was not really keen on coming down. That's that's what it was. Yeah, good on him for calling him out, but uh, slippery slope, Novak. Really, he's paid his ticket. He's allowed to say and he's allowed to do what he wants. That's his right. No, that can't be right, can it? I mean, there's lines, there's decency, there's treating others how you would treat them, but where is that line? For you, when does it get crossed? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. The Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is there for you. We do have the Odyssey Golf Pack to give away a call of the day. I'd love for you to be involved in the show because, to me, you can't act and do what you want. I mean, obviously, there's laws for a start, so let's not be breaking those. But but when does, when does heckling, when does banter cross the line? And, and even if it's not directed 
at a, an individual, when does it cross the line? Are, are you are you able to swear at a sporting event? You paid your money, you pay your ticket, you can curse. But again, isn't the environment around you? I mean, if there's kids near you, surely not. Surely you can't say and act and do how you like. You, you, you check yourself, don't you? Or you've paid your hard earned, you've got a right to be there and carry on how you wish. Which camp are you in? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Novak Djokovic, the guy paid his money. He can act and do what he wants. Really? I wouldn't have thought so. Especially tennis players. I know I'm stereotyping here, but they can be a bit precious, can't they? Can't they? I mean, th- think about think about Stuart Broad and what he was copping at the Gabba for six hours a day, every day. Does he carry on like a pork chop? And carry on, but maybe not that. Uh, 13, 13, 55, Well, Vanessa is standing by to join us. A quick one too. Rule changes in the NRL. Uh, not sure on this one. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's something that's come in vogue in the last couple of years, and I'm talking about the goal line dropouts, the short goal line dropouts. High, high risk and maybe high reward? I, I don't know. I thought it may be mitigating just getting the opposition the ball back. But then you've got to work your sets out of the your own ten. I I, I don't know. I, I'm I, on face value. I'm not a fan of the short dropout. Sure, it's about possession, maybe forcing an error and trying to get a penalty to piggyback upfield. But there's a lot of things that have got to happen here. But what they've done, <clears throat> excuse me, starting next year, is pr- giving more incentive for teams to do that. So if you get the short dropout wrong. If it doesn't go the 10 or if it goes out in the full, it's a penalty to the other team, uh, basically gifting them two points. But as of next year, sorry, as of this year, this season, 2024, the penalty is wiped out. The opposition does get the ball back, but they're taking a tap from the 10-metre line. Or if it's a dropout from halfway that doesn't go, yeah, it's from 10 metres in and on the halfway line. So the opposition does get the ball back, but it's not a penalty. It's just a tap off and run. It's a minor tweak. Graham Annesley said it's to encourage more exciting and unpredictable play of the goal line dropout, um, of the short goal line dropout, which I'm not a fan of to start with. But I'm also not a fan of tweaking with the rules. Do we have to have a rule change every year? And if we did, Shouldn't they make it a significant one? If you had to change a rule in footy, NRL, AFL, actually your sport, what would it be? Would it be something like this, a little tweak? And will this tweak make much difference? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736, 17 minutes past six. Vanessa, very good morning Hello. to you. Good morning. You buy your ticket to a game of footy, game mm. of cricket, whatever. Are you allowed to do and act what you as you please? Oh, no, I think within within reason, Mm. you know. I think these people are paid a lot of money. I know a lot of players, you know, AFL players say, oh, I love it when the crowd's against me, you know. It kind of gives them a bit of motivation. So I think there's definitely an element of... I don't know. In a way, we we go with some pantomime behaviour in yeah. a way. And so what about, what about, they love the theatre of it. What about booing? Um, yeah. That generalised booing, mm. I feel, is okay. Like if they're taking a shot for goal or whatever. Yeah. And if it's for an on-field indiscretion, yeah. I don't agree with booing, targeting one particular player 
Oh, you know, over. We 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 would boo something. Toby Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lions uh, opposition fans would boo Dane Zorko. Yes, that's part of that pantomime, isn't it? It it is. Yes, I I, I think I think, but booing, I, I reckon fair game. Yeah. It's just, you know. As long as it's not your player, right? No, that's right. No, and they, like, they don't mind it. But I just, I feel like sometimes, yeah, if a player is singled out Mm. over a previous incident or something else that has happened not in that game, I don't really agree with targeting a particular player in that way. But, yeah, I, I don't mind a bit of fun booing. 13, 13, 55, the Suncorp Home Resilience open line is there for you. Vanessa and I are on different sides of the desk and maybe just different sides of that <laughs> thing as well. I reckon booing, go for it. Uh, what is happening in news? Okay, well, some Thursday. big health dramas today for the British Royals. Now, firstly, Princess Kate has had abdominal surgery. Palace officials say it was planned, it was successful, but she'll be in hospital for up to two weeks and won't resume any of her royal duties until probably after Easter. So quite a significant procedure Mm. that's happened. We don't know exactly what it is. They say it's not cancer-related. Even Prince William is stepping back from his official duties while his wife is in hospital and for a period after she's discharged. I mean... Someone has to look after the kids, kids yeah, exactly don't right. they? Yeah. So, look, and so shortly after that was announced, Buckingham Palace came out and said King Charles is also getting some medical treatment. He has an enlarged prostate. His condition is benign. He'll go to hospital next week for some treatment. He's also had to cancel a few engagements himself. Um, there is a bit of a... Um, are thinking, though, that the king was keen to share his diagnosis with the public just to encourage health, you know, men's health, and to say other guys out there, if it happens to the king, yeah. it can happen to you, get it checked, get the treatment. I was thinking exactly that, Ness. I mean, look, when you mention royals, mm. I can just sort of glaze over and doze off. <laughs> yes. Bad when you're driving. But anyway, yeah. um, but but when you're mentioning that, yeah, they're real people. They're keeping it real. Yep, a yeah. good little reminder there today. Um, now, we are reading today that 60-day review announced by our new Premier, Stephen Miles. It's getting underway today hey. into the the planned infrastructure for the Brisbane Olympics and Paralympics. So the former Lord Mayor Graham Quirk is going to oversee the review. The Premier says he wants it to look at the value for money, the fit for purpose, the deliverability and the community legacy of all the infrastructure um, projects. That includes the Gabba demolition and rebuild, the Brisbane Arena, as well as other things. <laughs> the findings will be handed to the Infrastructure Minister, Grace Grace, on March 18. Um, and Stephen Miles also says the independent delivery authority that he is setting up will be operational by the middle of the year. Mm. So Hallelujah. this is me just moving backwards to, yeah. to push off the back fence <laughs> from a long run, Vanessa. Yes, okay. we'll do that after the break. Yes, look, I think <laughs> time is ticking, so let's get this moving. And look, just a quick little public health um, concern out there. Sun razor prune juice. If you have a bottle in your fridge of one litre prune juice, throw it out. It, there is a batch that has unintentionally fermented and is now alcoholic. Oh. <laughs> so, don't give Alcoholic it to your children. Juice. Put good. it out of reach. Pour it down the sink. Hang on. Yeah. Sell it. Save it. How good okay. Is that? Alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. There's alcoholic solo. There's al- actually. Can we be talking about this at this time? We are now. Yeah. All right. Alcoholic prune juice. Yep. I've heard it all now, Vanessa. I've heard it all now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- Twenty-two minutes past. 
Of all the things I thought we'd be talking yeah. about this morning, it's not that. Uh, make sure you hear every single moment of the BBL qualifying final, the Brisbane Heat and the Sixers. Tomorrow night, live here on SENQ from 5 o'clock. That is the countdown to the qualifier. And then from 6 here in Brisbane and the Gold Coast, 6.93 a.m., 16.20 a.m. It's 6.23 a.m. this Thursday morning.